Hello, welcome back to the Masonic Roundtable, a weekly program where Masons from around the world get together to talk about Masonic news and opinions in a friendly and social manner. As a reminder, the thoughts and opinions expressed here are solely the opinions of the participants and do not represent any Grand Lodge statements or positions. Make sure you keep your conversations open for the public and on the level. Let's see, to interact with us. We love chatting with you every Thursday night, live 9.30 Eastern, uh, in both Facebook land, YouTube land. Love to see you either one. Uh, especially love the Super Chats, because you guys are awesome. And you can ch- check the chat replays later, or follow along after the fact on your favorite podcast app. Let's see. You know me. My name is John Ruark. I'm a past master of the Patriot Lodge number 1957 in Fairfax, Virginia. And next up for his introduction... Joe Martinez. Hey, Joe. Hello. Hello. Hello there. Joe Martinez. Not Joe Exotic. Different person. Joe Martinez. Uh, what am I this week? Uh, still master of Manassas Lodge number 182 in Manassas, Virginia. Member of a ton of other things. Um, and uh, I would like to say my fun tidbit is I was virtually visiting Australia this morning at 530 in the morning. That was oodles of fun. Um, so you're going to get a more subdued and contemplative Joe today. Unless we get some Nespresso in you, we'll fix that. We have that, right? <laughs> Look at that. Right there. Called it. Right there. No skulls in masonry. And that's a lot. Hey, hey. Welcome, Jason. How are you? I'm good. How are you, John? Fantastic. Awesome. So I'm doing well as well. Thank you for asking. Uh, my name is Jason Richards. I am a past master vacation lodge number 16 in Clifton, Virginia, a member of the Colonial Lodge number 1821 in Washington, D.C., and Lafayette number 79 in Zanesville, Ohio. Excellent. Excellent. And RJ? sleepy. So I am ready oh, to also, do uh, some meditation. Yes. Let's oh, you don't fall asleep during meditation. That's the only that's the only goal. Nope. Uh, RJ, are you uh, are you still in mobile command? I am still in mobile command. I apologize. No camera this evening until maybe later when we get home. But uh, just want to say thanks for uh, accommodating everybody out there. Uh, thanks for watching. Uh, Robert Johnson, Waukegan Lodge 78, past master, current sitting secretary at the Premier Inn Lodge in the state of Illinois, Space Nova 1183, and the host of the Wentz Game You podcast. Thanks. Excellent. Very, very cool. All right. So thanks for joining us, uh, even on the road. So uh, we appreciate you hopping on. Definitely want to give a shout out to the patrons who've been supporting the show. You guys rock. Um, if you want to support the show for many years to come, we're almost up to episode 400. We're going to talk about that. Head over to patreon.com slash the Masonic Roundtable uh, to keep the show going for many, many years. The greatest Masonic education podcast in the world. So we're, where are we going to be uh, in a couple weeks, Jason? So in a couple weeks, we are going to be down in Greensboro, North Carolina. What's in Greensboro, you might ask? Well, there's the Greensboro Masonic Temple. Yes, there is barbecue. Barbecue is down in Greensboro. Hopefully hopefully it's better than the Kansas City barbecue we were subjected to about a month back. Um, Oh, snap. I, I didn't go to the second restaurant. Heard the second restaurant was a lot better. But... Um, down in Greensboro, North Carolina is the Greensboro Masonic Temple, and that's going to be a cool place to be October 14th and 15th because that is Masonic Con South, y'all. Woo! And y'all. And so, y'all. And so we are super excited to be there. Uh, we will be, uh, helping uh brother matt parker and others down in north carolina usher in a day of masonic education it's going to be awesome Uh, i was sitting here before tmr tonight working on my brand new presentation uh which will be really really fun i saw a sneak peek yeah looking good it's it's going to be good. I'm excited. Um, but one of the super exciting things for the Masonic Roundtable is, you know, this is episode 399, which means, yes, we're doing a 400 as opposed to 200. Um, and we will be doing our 400th episode live <gasps> on Friday night, October 14th, as part of the pre-festivities for Masonic on South, y'all. 
Y'all. So it'll be a long form episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I don't get nearly as flustered when Joe interrupts me as he does when I interrupt him <laughs> in person. I'm just going to oh. keep talking. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> no, it's going to no, be good. No, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, you get, we hope to see yes. you there. So go to oh. masonicon for tickets no. and we hope to see you there. Yeah. I'm excited. See Joe. Like, Y'all, power of concentration, like attentiveness, break me. It's a whole different level when I'm I'm physically interacting. Watch this. I can mute Joe now, but I can't mute him live. So there's the. the Well, (laughs) no, we we can mute his microphone. That's we'll have different mics. No, I am really looking forward. There's always a way. We've only done a few in-person recordings of TMR, never with Joe as a as a live doohickey and what? i mean it's it's gonna be great because it's you got a full day of masonic education which is our jam at uh, masonic on south then we get to not only record the iconic you know, milestone of 400 together uh, we do it live in front of a studio audience and do long form so like we can just let it go let it talk and just have a good time interact with everyone maybe have a few refreshments Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be a blast. John, we're recording the night before. That's what I said. The night before. Yeah. Y'all. yeah. <laughs> there will not be a full day of Masonic education. No, no, no. I, I meant the whole thing. Off. I didn't yeah, say okay. it just It's all okay. in the weekend. It's the oh, gestalt. Okay. The sum is greater than the parts. The gestalt. Wow. The sum okay. of the parts. Okay, moving along. I'm trying to play Let's. off. Let's. Um, and then after 400, just to give you a heads up, we're going to take a little break. We're going to celebrate Y'all. by relaxing, by being Y'all. contemplative and meditating on 400 episodes. So we'll take a few weeks off, but we'll be back uh, certainly by November. So stay tuned after that. But just thought we'd celebrate this this big milestone together, get our tech back together from um, North Carolina and just make sure everything is hunky-dory after that. So that's what's on our no calendar. Show. No show next week. Yes. No show next week. Yeah. Because we're breaking down. We're breaking down the sets. We're breaking down lights. We're doing everything to get ready for Masonicon South, y'all. Can Wait a minute. Hold up a second. Pack all that up. Break I have to pack all this up? All of it. Damn. I've only got two bookshelves. Oh You've got God. like six or seven. <laughs> I'm just going to take a picture <laughs> oh, that's and that as my background. Yes. Move I'm out of the way, do. Joe. We'll do a snapshot. <laughs> We'll get. I'll, I'll go to FedEx. We'll get prints made. Okay. Get <laughs> yeah. yeah, there that would we go. Be great. Print screen. Print screen. <laughs> You're missing the dog. You're missing the dog. You, miss, you need a dog in there. We'll put a dog in. Yeah, she's on the floor. You know she's that's going to be someone's Zoom background now. Oh. <gasps> uh, I have plenty of Zoom backgrounds of other people's offices. Uh, <laughs> I have lots of those actually. This is. That, but, there uh, you go. That's what we need. We need. We need Zoom backgrounds of all the hosts. Uh, background effects so i love it i'm excited y'all and we get barbecue good barbecue to jason's point can't wait north carolina barbecue is good barbecue okay well let's get into tonight's topic looking forward to it uh this is the topic not necessarily masonic or is it we're going to talk about the the powers and benefits of meditation uh what it is what the benefits are um basically what different types are there and really how can we apply that in our personal religious spiritual uh, mindfulness type of life and then kind of summarize it with what is the what does the average mason hope to gain by using this practice so let's jump right into it um what is meditation like what in general what is this thing called meditation it's an umbrella term what uh, what types of things does it cover joe Oh, okay. Well, thank you for putting me on the spot there. So, Go. I mean, like you said, it, yes. So meditation really is a, a umbrella term, like you said, for for practices where people use different techniques. And we'll talk about the different techniques that, that at least we have experience with um, or are familiar with, things like mindfulness or focusing on a particular thought or activity or object to to train yourself to be attentive and aware and achieve a state of mental clarity. 
um, I guess is, is the easiest way we can sum up what meditation is. And it comes in many different flavors and forms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, so many delimiters that break it up, Western versus Eastern. Um, we'll talk about mindfulness. Black versus cherry versus lemon lime. I love different black flavors. Cherry. Black cherry. Yeah. Um, Baskin Robbins. But yeah, there's so many, you know, uh, meditative practices have existed almost as long as mankind has existed. Right. So, um, Mankind from the very first time they stopped doing, you know, Cro-Magnon things and started doing Homo sapiens things, you know, they realized that there was a need to be mindful uh, of themselves and their surroundings and hopefully their relationship with the world around them. Right. So uh, that's meditation. Anything you'd add to that, Robert, Jason? Yeah. So from uh, from meditation standpoint, I think meditation is very much a, break from the busy go 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 of life and meditation is learning to be comfortable you know sitting and existing in silence and so it is very much uh, something that is completely alien and unfamiliar to to most of us mm-hmm. um today so but i would i would argue that that is you know one of the reasons why it is so impactful and so important because mm-hmm. it's, it's a skill that it's it's a muscle to work out and and get stronger just like you know your biceps or go ahead robert uh just, just to say that right away when you said a it's not necessarily Masonic or is it? I almost wanted to like yell at you right there because it totally is Masonic. But uh, the thing that I think that is interesting also is you get a lot of pushback and people really think it's like new age uh, crystals and meditation. And there's a lot of this pushback on this uh, from a various different angles, really from a, a standpoint of just people's misunderstandings of it. And it's, What's very interesting is uh, you can ask any doctor. You could go to your doctor tomorrow, your, your GP doctor, any doctor, your cardiologist, doesn't matter who it is, and you could ask them about meditation. And not one of them will tell you that it's holistic, silly pseudoscience. Or dangerous, right. It mm-hmm. has, exactly, it has nothing but actual real benefits scientifically proven benefits and so when we think about that that's just one thing that i think is very important uh to remember and uh you know recently my my daughter celebrated her seventh birthday and uh, we were looking at barbies and uh, you know they have a yoga barbie now that has practices meditative things and i thought it was so funny because actually my wife my wife brought up this this thing that happened and they had this influencer from a evangelical influencer warned that the yoga Barbie doll could spread Satanism <laughs> and could lead to children being possessed by demons. Now, what I think is hilarious, cool. right, it just speaks again to the blatant and absolute misunderstanding of the entire process. So as we move through this tonight, I would just like our uh, listeners who are almost, almost always you know, open-minded to things, Stay open-minded and realize that we are talking about uh, well, time-proven techniques. Well, so w- while we're on that topic, because that was the, the very next uh, item on the agenda, was what are some of the benefits of doing meditation in the first place? And and Robert, I mean, since you were already down that path, I'll give you the first stab at what are some of the you know physiological uh, and and you know mental benefits of doing meditation. Sure. So. Number one, uh, physical benefit is, of course, uh, as Jason said, it's like a muscle. You're strengthening your mind. Uh, I want to say it was sometime in the 1930s, maybe it was the 1940s, uh, a popular theosophist. Well, he left theosophy, right? But it was Jindo Krishnamurti who said something along the lines of, you know, as you flex your bicep, the uh, you're using a muscle. It's breaking it down and you're rebuilding it up. And the same happens to be true uh, with the way you're thinking. You're kind of breaking things down and you're rebuilding, strengthening uh, your various uh, cognitive abilities. So aside from the general benefit of slowing things down, 
and really taking time to yourself to relax. I mean, how many times you see like on TV, somebody's like breathing into a, a brown paper bag so they don't pass out, right? Like this is a sense yep. of slowing down. Now take the take the paper bag out of the you know the, the picture and just imagine there and calming yourself down, right? In through your nose, out through your mouth, in through your nose, out through your mouth. All of these different techniques really good to slow you down. They slow your heart rate down. They slow your metabolic state down. And uh, this is a calming effect, not only for your body, but when you're breathing this way as well, you're also flooding, you're flooding your body with more oxygen. And oxygen is uh, not necessarily uh, the only thing we breathe. So when we're flooding with oxygen, we're actually um, inducing a state of mild euphoria as well. So aside from that benefit, endorphins baby physical benefits exactly so right. those are some physical benefits yep yep so to take this on a you know hermetic bent for a second you know i think one of the the big benefits about meditation is it really does give you the opportunity to deepen your mind and strengthen your connection with God, um, <clears throat> being able to sit in silence in contemplation and, you know, watch your thoughts pass and either, you know, take a look at them or, or push them off to the side. Um, you know, it is again, a way to train yourself to, you know, be open to the presence of God. I mean, that's what centering prayer is, is all about that we'll talk about a little bit later here. And, um, to me, to me, meditation is just a great way to slow down, get myself more level headed and at peace and bask in the presence of the creator at the same time. Yeah. So from a, uh, a psychological perspective, I think that um, Jason kind of gave you the, uh, the, the icing on the cake, um, you know, where you're, you're having a more intimate relationship with, with deity. Right. But um, from a, before we get to that point, we've got to talk about, you know, RJ talked about the physical benefits and now the emotional and the psychological benefits um, kind of get you to the place where, Jason is uber Zen right now, right? Like most of us throughout the day, we're not there, right? And most of us throughout the day, we're not sitting in our thoughts. We're doing work. We're typing. We're on Facebook. We're yelling at someone. We're watching YouTube. You know, we're doing all these things and we're not being mindful of our thoughts. Nobody is mindful of their thoughts throughout the day unless you stop and take a second to, to contemplate them or to push them aside, as Jason said, uh, and we'll talk about the different types. Um, but some of the psychological benefits are uh, gaining new perspectives on things. Um, when you can actually tell your mind to shut up and focus on a particular thing and, and look at different ways of approaching them. Uh, managing stress. Um, you know, Robert talked about this a little bit already. Managing stress through meditative techniques is absolutely a wonderful way, and it's, it's, it's tested. Increasing your own self-awareness. I mean, how often throughout the day do you actually think about you? Yeah, what are you doing thoughts? right now? Right, not planning right, the next right. thing, not getting ready for exactly. dinner, not planning tomorrow's activities. Like, stop. What are you doing right exactly. now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, the biggest biggest things, I wish I meditated more than I do. Um, I really do. I, I think I meditate I wish you regularly. meditated more than you do. I think everybody wishes I meditated more than I do. Um, but I do. It would be a lot easier yeah. to... <laughs> I hate all of you. So, um, yeah, because you don't meditate. There you go. I know, Problem solved. I know, I know. <laughs> yes. Um, but it starts to give you access to things that you don't normally think of, right? And and you know, while the guys are being humorous, you know, I'm a perfect example. You know, I am like running at eleven all the time, right? And I am in your face, and I am loud, and I am obnoxious, and I am boisterous. Um, but very there's very few times throughout the day where I sit there, they are agreeing, uh, you know, where I can sit there and think about becoming a more patient and less filled with stress and more tolerant of things. Um, and again, thinking about you and you don't do it at all. Um, and, and part of, you know, um, 
good mental care is focusing on you and your thoughts and, you know, what types of feelings and emotions they produce. Um, and meditation is a good way to, to achieve that. Awesome. One other, one other thing about meditation that, that I found to be truly awesome is the fact that through meditation, you can kind of abstract yourself away from situations and your problem problems. And I, I think Joe and John mentioned it in passing, but through meditation, you can learn to objectively look at the situation while you're meditating and see it, you know, kind of from an outsider's perspective. Whereas, you know, while you're in the thick of it during the day, you know, it's right there up in front of your face. And that's True. something that is just so, so cool. Awesome. And you're not detached. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's, yeah. let's talk about the, there's, some different types of meditation and this again this is a an hour-long show so we're not going to go into all the different forms of variations but just kind of cover it at a high level and um I, I like the summary uh that i got out of a cynthia bourgeau book uh basically says there's there's in generally three different types of meditation we there's, love cynthia bourgeau Cynthia's on awesome. this show um almost more than we love bart ehrman like i think cynthia's the new bart Cynthia's the new bar. Uh, so three different types. We have concentrative meditation. We have awareness meditation, and then uh, a newish form called surrendering um, meditation. So let's start with concentrative. Concentrative meditation is the type of meditation where pretty much any time you've opened a book or done a Google search for um, meditation, that's usually the concentrative type. Focus on your breath, right? Focus on how you feel, feel all the sensations of the room, like relax your shoulders, try to find something to concentrate on uh, as a way scan to scan up and yes. oh, sorry, John, no, please scan up and down your body. Mm -hmm. That's a big one. You start at the top of your head and you just feel the sensations all the way down because the, the point there is that it is a it is something to give your attention to right so that you can detach from all the the chaos and monkey mind that happens when you're trying to concentrate and you have all these like all those things we talked about earlier what's for dinner tomorrow night and did i did i remember to turn the oven off and all that um so that's the the majority of those focus on your breath type of meditations then you have uh, more of the Eastern type of awareness meditations. And those are the ones that actually have you now um, separate yourself as an observer from your stream of consciousness, which I think is fascinating because that's where you're actually realizing that you are not your thoughts. Let me say that again. You are not your thoughts, right? And so when you start to practice this type of meditation, you are now separating yourself as an observer and you're watching the stream of consciousness come by. You're watching your thoughts come by, but you're not being emotionally attached to those. You're not jumping on those ideas and starting to, to do that. You can, you can actually, again, observe them. Like Jason said, you can, but you're not invested in that. And then the beauty of that is after you've observed it, you can let it go. So this is a more Buddhist type. This is more of you know, being able to uh, calm yourself and, and separate yourself from your ordinary world, your ordinary awareness. And then finally, yeah, if, the, you've ever read, go ahead. if you've ever read Mindfulness and Meditation by Andy Puttacombe, uh, he is a former Buddhist monk who is now the co-founder of Headspace which is a premier meditation app. And he, he talks about viewing your thoughts as if they were traffic. And so you're sitting on the side of the road and your thoughts are passing by just like cars down a street. And so yeah. he is very much focused on the awareness meditation piece. That, that what's, what's so crazy about this, that awareness piece is that uh, imagine a multi-billion dollar corporation um, that actually pays for a uh, unlimited and unrestricted version of Headspace for every single employee in the company. Uh, so, like that, my company does that. Uh, I've had Headspace since I started working for my company seven years ago, and they pay for it. And it's nothing you have to do. You just get it for free. It's part of your benefits package. Uh, and I don't even pay for benefits. It's just a free thing that they do. Nice. And would they do that? Would they do that if there really wasn't something to it? Right? Like it is. Yeah. 
it, capitalist boss. They, they won't give you anything unless it makes you a more productive employee. That's <laughs> well, my, story, my company see? does does headspace discounts. Nice. Yeah. All right. There you go. And then the last type is again relatively new in uh, in the meditation space is uh, called surrendering. Right? You're you're actually not trying to be an observer. You're trying to completely let go. You you may have the, the the thoughts come by, but the goal is not to observe your thoughts. The goal is to get back to letting go. You let go of every thought as it comes in. As you start to catch yourself, swipe left. Yes, I, I, I visually thought. I do that. I just like okay. Next, get it, get it out of here. Um, it, it's not to observe um, from a, a third-person perspective, but it's more important to just, okay, I have that thought, and now I'm going to let it go because my, my focus is not to observe my thoughts. My focus is to let go completely, open myself up to you know, the experience of being alone, being with my thoughts, or going into this cloud of unknowing. So we'll talk about those. So first question for everyone, and we'll start with RJ and Mobile Masonic Command. Um, have you tried a meditation practice? If so, like which of those three or, or something else? And what kind of results did you get? So we'll head over to uh, RJ. So I've tried a few different types. Yeah, yeah I've tried a few different types. Um, mostly uh, we go for uh, your second category there that would fall underneath that kind of awareness uh type. Uh, I started off with uh, simply guided meditations when I was uh, younger. Uh, my mom used to have, uh, you know, these Shirley MacLaine books and things. And I would, I would read those growing up. Like I didn't have a lot of like, you know, cool, you know, uh, Huck Finn, Hardy Boy books or nothing. It was like Shirley MacLaine and um, like books on how to meditate with crystals and stuff. And so what was interesting was uh, at a very young age, like eight years old, I was doing these kinds of, uh, wherever you, I was doing all these kinds of interesting, uh, I don't know what you want to call them, like affirmation types. Um, and then I moved into when I was about 20 years old, I started doing meditations, just trying to meditate with a quiet mind. And then, uh, you know, I don't, about 27 years old is when I really started focusing on uh, meditation. And I got hooked on something called Hemisync, which is through the Monroe Institute. And Hemisync was really interesting because it was the first time I had sat down through a prescribed uh, type of meditation that allowed me to move through it. Uh, it is guided, um, and it was specific to uh, sounds that you would hear in your ears and it was dependent on which ear you were listening to it. You had to use headphones and all of those kinds of things. And and the effect of that actually was calming uh, on my entire being. But, uh, in fact, to an extent, uh, really took away a lot of my anxieties, uh, which was interesting at that time. And the, the more interesting effect that, that happened was this idea of the observer. Uh, yeah, your your thoughts, and uh, kind of freaky for somebody who had not experienced this at that time. But uh, later, it was like I found out that's pretty normal for a lot of folks. But you then, in your normal waking life, walking around a target, let's say, you feel different. You feel as though you're an observer inside of a machine rather than being, I guess, what you would call kind of disconnected and just going about your life. Now, all of a sudden, oh, this is an interesting feeling to, to be. It's like you're watching a soap opera. I have purpose. Through a yeah. pair of cameras. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it's very different. And so that. That process evolved. I still use Hemisync, um, but for the most part nowadays, right? I just um, I'm pretty good at me meditative techniques, and I I go into things, you know, a, a lot of visualizations and vision work. That's good. Uh, any good results? I assume. 
Uh, always good results. I mean, uh, you know, when I do vision work, maybe it's like I will try to do things like out-of-body experience or remote viewing or I just test things like that. And um, it, my results are usually pretty pretty good. So um, a lot of times you get different types of visualizations and, and things that don't really make sense. You come out of it, you write them down, or, or a lot of times I draw them. And then later they make sense when I show them to my teachers or whoever. Uh, but yeah, it's a, a lot of, it's a lot of, I mean, it's all good. It's always good, right? It's always revealing. So have you ever looked in on Joe while he was in the shower? It's the remote viewing. Yeah. He's, Thanks. He's no, been in the bathroom uh, while I've been in the shower. So <laughs> that's, oh. yeah, that's, that's true. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, why yeah. buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? <laughs> Jason, right. how about you? Any, wow. uh, um, <laughs> any types of uh, meditation uh, practices tried, benefits, frustrations, etc.? Yeah, so um, my first, uh, first experience and exposure to meditation was really through Headspace. And uh, Andy Puttacombe's book, Meditation and Mind or Mindfulness Meditation. And that is very focused on both concentrative and awareness. And I really gravitated toward the concentration. So you have a guided meditation mm -hmm. where you focus on the breath and everything comes back to the breath. You do other things like scanning the body from the head down to the extremities and the toes. Um, and it's really just a way to, it was a way for me really to disconnect and kind of charge up my mornings. And so while I, while I had this meditation practice, which did not persist for nearly as long as it should have, um, I noticed, you know, dramatic immediate results in the sense that, like, I found myself like charged for a good, half the day to the point where like it was better than any caffeine I would take in the morning. And that, uh, that to me, I just felt more clear. I had more mental clarity. I had better focus and I just felt better throughout the day more than, you know, 10 cups of coffee. Um, Recently, I have taken to the surrendering um, field of meditation. Of course, only been around since the 1970s, but um, that's very much due to the fact that John has forced me to uh, to join a meditation group with him through our church. Um, and we are working our way through Cynthia Bourgeau's uh, Centering Prayer. And so, um, <clears throat> very, very interesting. I've only done it a couple times so far for 20 minutes each. Uh, but it is, yeah, Centering Prayer and Inner Awakening. Cynthia Bourgeau is an amazing, amazing author. Um, for me, Centering Prayer really just calms me down and just really gives me Again, a lot of focus, but just intense relaxation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's it's a lot harder, I think, than the other types of meditation because you are constantly oh yeah swiping left on those Stop thoughts. It. You you Go end away. up yeah you end up using like a one to three syllable sacred word to you. Uh, it can be really anything that's short and you use that word and speak that aloud whenever you find yourself drifting and it just brings you right back to the intention of sitting in silence and basking in God's presence. And so every time you drift, you say that sacred word and it just brings you right back. And so it's, it's, <laughs> it's difficult. Um, but it's absolutely amazing at the same time. Nice. How about you, Joe? Uh, everything that these guys said, I'm kidding. Um, so yeah, so I, you know, I definitely have 
done quite a few meditative techniques, not nowhere near as long as, as Robert, um, because he's old and wise, but, um, definitely have it. There have been points in time, I think, especially during the, during the lockdown, uh, when, you know, the family was just always together. Um, we actually incorporated a lot of contemplative practices and meditative practices in, in our, in our daily lives, which I thought was kind of awesome. Right. Um, you know, um, getting into a, a guided meditation with your spouse or with your child. It was, it was definitely kind of awesome. But, um, but in general, I think my earliest uh, memories of doing some sort of meditative practice was when I was a kid in martial arts, um, you know, and you get a really wispy high level view of meditation, then, you know, um, most of it is, um, most of it is concentrative. Right. So, and it, cause it has a specific goal and you're using certain things and it's very short lived, right. Um, unless you do martial arts for years and years and years, which I did not, as you can tell. Um, but, uh, I'd say for the most part, um, for the longest time, I was definitely awareness based, um, definitely doing guided meditations with a contemplative activity, um, whether it was with a group of people or just with myself, um, because it had an end goal in mind, right? You would take a concept, a thought or idea, and form your meditative practice around it and then go and contemplate it, right? So contemplation and meditation are not the same thing, right? Um, Related, so but separate. Correct. And, and very separate. Um, you know, and one does not replace the other. But um, I think for me, um, I'm jumping on the bandwagon. Um, you know, I, I've been a fan of, of Cynthia Bourgeau for quite a bit. Um, you know, I read her Centering prayer book before John told me about the, the cool, the cool group, um, which, which I poked into a bit, but, um, before it was cool. You're a hipster before it was cool. Yes. Um, no, I'm not. I just read way faster than John does, but, um, no, I, I definitely, I think that for me surrendering that's that surrendering type of meditative practice, I think is going to be better for me in the long run because it does have a very prescribed function to it, right? It's, it, it has a goal. You're working to access the, you know, those little sparks of divinity within to, to, you know, have a more focused relationship with, with God and however you choose to call it. Now, a lot of centering prayer is very Western based. Um, you know, that was, you know, Cynthia Bourgeau didn't invent it. You know, that was started by a monk named Father Thomas Keating, right? Um, I think it was in the 1960s, 1960s or 1970s. 1970s. 70s. Yeah. Um, so, you know, trailblazer there. Um, but like I said, when I stack up awareness versus surrendering, awareness is easier to get into, um, you know, and it's yep. much yeah, more, you know, it's very prescribed and you know how to start it and you know how to do it and you know how to walk through it and how to get out of it. Um, but I think surrendering, I, I feel much more fulfilled in my meditative practices. It's just a lot harder to do, like Jason said. Yeah. Let's say, as for yeah. me, um, the I started out like everybody, pretty much right with the the concentrative type, right? Just like just stop what you're doing, slow down, take the deep breath. Um, you know, I, I was hesitant at first. I thought it was going to be this new agey kind of stuff, and you know, knowing me, you know, I, I was like, let me go see like what the actual benefits are, or like let me go see some studies that show this is actually good for you, or you know, good has good outcomes. And it's not just some hokey thing. And yeah, like, again, like everything Robert said was true. Like you can go research all these studies that show the, the actual benefits of it. Even just doing just the, the surface level concentrative, slow down, take a deep breath, focus on your breath. That alone, if you do that, you will see benefits if you stick to that long term. Um, and so, you know, so I, I tried that for a while. Um, I tried doing uh, some hyper concentrative types of uh, meditation as well uh, to actually not just focus on breaths, but to focus on a point, focus on uh, can I, can I hyper, can I hyper focus uh, where I'm shutting out kind of the outside world. So I'm, I'm really looking at one specific thing, had mixed results, but I think the, I did have one. There's a vulnerability session. in that. Oh yeah. Oh, it's a huge vulnerability in that. Very vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, you, you nailed it. Um, and so then that aside, as I was going through that, uh, probably over the course of you know six months or so, I had one session of, of concentrative um, meditation where I actually like came out of a session where I was like 
fully refreshed, had like this, like, wow, like I had slept for, for two days straight and woke up just like best feeling in the world. And this was just after, you know, a half hour or 20 minutes, um, of, of meditation. So that, you know, that was really cool. And so, you know, I, I felt a difference coming out of that, but it was once and it was very hard to get back to, um, so that was that was part of my experience, and then then I got I got led to this different type, uh, as we just talked about this the surrendering type of meditation, where the point is not to do this. And again, knowing me, knowing how much of a planner I am, how much of uh, just thinking two steps ahead, I wanted to take on surrendering um, meditation as a challenge, personally, because I'm like. I know I need this. I know I need to let go of some things. I know that I need to, as part of my religious aspirations, right? My, my, um, personal devotions to deity. I need to let go. I know that I need to do that because I intellectualize too much. I, I, I try to make sense of things too much and I don't experience and I think it's probably the biggest differentiator I'll say there is that it's it's experiential meditation versus intellectual meditation, if you want to call it that. Joe? I was just as soon as you started saying that, I, I was thinking of how how complementary we are with one another because I'm the complete opposite, right? I attack <laughs> everything from a very passionate emotion level first, right? And mm. I don't get stuck in my head. I just scream and set things on fire and you know, yell. And so, but, but for those exact reasons, um, I feel that surrendering meditation is, is good for that as well. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because it's, you know, instead of using that, um, you know, we're still using that animal mind when it comes to those primal emotions, right? Like anger or hunger or, you know, those really raw emotions. I think that, you know, having a component of, of prayer to it really, frames your mind for for going through that practice and, and being successful with it i think yeah no i agree and i think um you know regardless of of the type that we've talked about so far right the goal is to just separate yourself from the world separate yourself from your thoughts and make sure that you you really just align yourself to be better uh in tune with with your feelings your emotions uh, calm yourself, right? Re reduce the anxiety of the day because we all have it because it's 2022 and there's a million things to worry about. So um, there, there's obviously key benefits regardless of which type you choose uh, to, to do that. So now that leads us into why should the average Mason care? And I'm going to hand it off to Joe first to talk a little bit about what MLS is doing. What's MLS and... What are they doing? Um, I was looking for the mute button. Relax. Calm down. Crap, just oh, crap. Yelling at me. Calm down. Calm down. Alrighty. So, uh, yeah, perfect segue into a little plug for uh, something that um, some of us here have spent time on. Um, some of us here have spent way more time on than others. Um, but it's uh, the Masonic Legacy Society. So what the Masonic Legacy Society is a um, disassociated group of, of Masons. Um, they're not affiliated with any grand lodge or grand jurisdiction, but they come from all over the world, basically. And it was a bunch of brothers who wanted to start uh, formulating a method and a, a practice in the more contemplative aspects of, of Freemasonry. Um, big shout out to Brother Chuck Dunning, who, you know, I'm sure all of you know, um, you know, one of my, uh, you know, absolutely adore him. Uh, and he's written Contemplative Masonry. Um, he's written other books on contemplative practices and they all have a Masonic framework. And that's essentially what the Masonic Legacy Society is, is uh, applying a lot of these techniques using our ritual as the framework for it, right? So we don't have to go outside of Freemasonry to find the things that will work perfectly for different types of meditative practices. So in a nutshell, uh, the Masonic Legacy Society, and I don't want this to be a whole show on it. Um, we should probably do a whole show on it one day. Um, uh, because it picked up a lot of steam during the pandemic where people were stuck at home and didn't have much to do um, and, and were, were forced to contemplate their own lives. Um, but it takes three different settings. It takes the internal lodge, that inner temple, 
um, that you build within yourself that is we as as free builders do. Um, then you have the external lodge um, and that's your your brothers around you. Um, and then you have a third aspect to your being. You have that universal lodge to so the world around you. So the things that we talk about in masonry, taking them, you know, taking those aspects within, applying them to those near and dear close to you, and then extending that outward towards all mankind. And how you do that is using four different aspects to your being that you focus on during these contemplative practices and that you think about. You know, the first one is, you know, the most the most real one to us, the physical. Then you have the emotional and then you have the intellectual and then the spiritual. So using those four aspects of your being in those three settings of an internal and external and a universal lodge, those are the frameworks by which you go through a guided meditation. And these guided meditations are all based on something Masonic, whether it's a working tool or a piece of scripture or a part of ritual or one of the philosophical elements of Freemasonry. Um, you use those to build a guided meditation, and normally those last anywhere from 20 to 40 minutes. And then after you get out of that guided meditation session, you do a contemplative activity where you take those three lodges and those four aspects of your being, and you discuss how that working tool or how that piece of scripture, um, you know, what were your thoughts on it? How does it make you a better person? You know, what was, what did you think about it before you started versus what you think of after? And it gets into this really rich discussion. So it, it's a whole process. Um, and I know it steps outside the bounds of just meditation, which is the purpose of this show, but for Freemasons, um, this is a very accessible and a very available way to start meditative or contemplative practices in your own lodge. And if not in your lodge with the group of brothers that are like-minded and want to do these things as well with you, it's all free. It doesn't cost a dime. Um, it's all available on the interwebs and, uh, yeah, they have a document and a guide and they can walk you all through it. And then you've got a bunch of dudes, uh, some of which who are on this podcast that, um, are trainers and can train you to do this. Again, it doesn't have to be for a big, grandiose, uh, you know, Grand Lodge event or something like that. It could be five dudes sitting around a table who want to get into the the more philosophical and contemplative aspects of Freemasonry. All right, commercial over. Brought to you by MLS. Uh, Brought to you by Nespresso. Robert, um, you said something in the beginning. I want to come back to that, too, is, you know, when I ask, you know, what does it have to do with masonry? You know, you are adamant about saying everything. So, so now's your chance. Like what should the average Mason take away from the benefits and purpose of meditation in a Masonic context? If you're still there. Sorry about that, John. I, uh, I lost you. I had to reload the page. So what was the question? Yeah, just, um, this is your chance to come back to what you said in the beginning about why should Masons care? And you're like, well, it's because it's, it's kind of what we're told to do. So, um, Oh, sure. So yeah. Elaborate. So we as Masons continually talk about how everything's in the ritual, everything's in the ritual. And, uh, you, you get all of these people who will detract from what Freemasonry, what they think Freemasonry is or isn't. You might get some brand new Mason that comes in the door and he's like, listen, I want to do this, this, and this, and this. And it's, you know, related around meditation or contemplative work. Uh, for instance, let's just say, um, you know, Jason walks into a lodge and he's like, we're going to do, we're going to follow this outline. Uh, Chuck Dunning's got two books on contemplative masonry, right? And, and the second one that just came out not too long ago um, is really about how to uh, work on the contemplative side of masonry with a group of brothers. And so what then happens is, you know, guys come in and they say, well, that's not masonry. I don't like that. Or I'm uncomfortable with that. And what I find just so astounding here is this idea that you could be uncomfortable doing something that the ritual tells you to do. Uh, and maybe, you know, they're always preaching, you know, never look down on a bro, you know, unless you're picking them up. There's all these stupid platitudes that they stick to Be because the they're, 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 you know, yeah, exactly. There's all these stupid things they say, but when it comes down to actually practicing the things that Masonry tells you to do to practice to better yourself, oh God, you know, but stop the, press. we prefer platitudes. Huh. Platitudes. So, so what I'm what I'm referring to here is if we're gonna say all the time, right? Like, uh, I think uh, uh, was it? Oh gosh, 
I, I think it might have been Brent Morris or maybe it was Akram's. It was on like the History Channel at some point, you know, and they, they flashed and he they said the ritual on air. They gave this piece, right? And I'll say it. It just said, uh, you know, uh, using all these working tools, thereby fitting our minds as living stones for that house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens, right? So this is your first clue that everything we're doing is contemplative and psychological based. Everything we're doing, the 24-inch gauge, the common gavel, uh, the the the, uh, the trowel, like the level, all of those things are are things that we have assigned psychological values to in like how they're going to work on your consciousness. But you can't use those tools unless you think, unless you meditate. So this is what I mean: meditation, contemplative activity is. How or is a modicum of becoming better? It is literally the way we become better. We teach about the tools, and meditation is how you're using those tools uh, or, or contemplative activity. Now, it doesn't always have to be, uh, as I think Joe and John both pointed out, you know, meditation and con- uh, contemplative exercises, they're connected, not the same, but regardless. It's the, the practice of this is it, right? What you hear people, it's like, oh, they have a problem with, with meditation or they have a problem with affirmation work, right? But yet they'll sit there and they'll say, pray to God every night. It's the same thing, man. <laughs> you know, uh, these are just with different fewer versions. words. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And so this is, this is what I mean. And that's what I hope that most Masons listening take away. Um, but I think also we're probably talking to the Masons who don't need to hear this, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the Facebook and YouTube chat has been blowing up. It's been great to see some of the, the rabbit holes they've been going down. Uh, yeah, I wish we could nerd out on some of the really deep uh, esoteric stuff. We talked binaural beats. We've talked <clears throat> uh, all sorts of different types of meditation beyond the, the high-level overview. So um, the short answer is yes, most of us have tried it. Yes, we've had good results. But that's for uh, a couple of years, so we'll talk about that in person. Someday. You know, you know, there have been one or two articles written from a medical standpoint that have, you know, not necessarily been negative toward contemplation or meditation. Um, but I think it's important to to note that there have been several articles that say, you know, meditation and kind of separating yourself can dig up things that you may have repressed or pushed down. And so, you know, if you are interested in, <coughs> you know, building a contemplative practice, you know, just, just know that you might end up, you know, having access to things that are not pleasant that you have for one reason or another kind of locked away in the recesses of your mind, but meditation is designed to help you look at those objectively and dismiss them if need be. Yeah. This, I'm, I'm so glad. I, I just wanted to say, I'm so glad you brought that up. I, in fact, I think it was about a year and a half ago. I saw an article probably through vice or somebody and it was like the dangers of mindfulness. And I was like, yes, oh, that's I got to read this. Cause I don't, yeah, right. And so the there is a real danger to mindfulness, right? Because it does cause uh, the untrained person to possibly develop a disassociative disorder, um, which um, can can be harmful. It can cause depression, right? Because you start to question things like, well, what if I'm so disconnected and all of these other things? You know, like what point is there, right? And so I cannot stress enough as somebody myself who's you know anxiety depression for. You know, I don't know. God knows. I went undiagnosed for 20 years um, that you should definitely, you know, just be mindful of your mindfulness. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's just one of those things. You know, if, if you haven't any kind of weird feelings or whatever, make sure you talk to somebody. Yeah, or, that's or not to turn mind- people off. Yeah, it's not to not to scare you away. Go ahead, Joe. 
Yeah, thanks. So don't do this alone. I mean, everything that we're talking about today, everything that's happening in both of the chats, um, there are resources. So don't just pick up a book and then start getting into your head, especially if you've had a lot going on in your life. And that that's where I was going to end this with was don't practice necromancy alone. No necromancy okay. after 9pm. Um, no, Can you truly <laughs> ever be alone if you're a necromancer. No, no, that's a different, that's a different thing. And we'll talk about that in the green room. Uh, no, what I was going to say, <laughs> um, that there are so many resources and we're not talking, you know, we, you know, the guys were bringing up amazing things like headspace and stuff like that. There's nothing you have to pay for. If you want to get started, there's people you can talk to. Um, and you know, the big thing I've been seeing in the chats is, well, you know, I'm the only guy here in my lodge that cares about this stuff. There's other people like you. I, I promise you that, um, you are not the only person there. I swear you are not. Um, this gets into, and I think that's a great segue into we downplay or we denigrate and think negatively about when people talk about their mental health, right? It's still a taboo thing in the world today, right? And I think things like contemplative practices and meditation, I think it's lumped into that somewhat, right? Because you start talking about it with people who don't want to hear it and they're like, oh, that's all crap. And, you know, but, it's you know, I'm here to tell you mental yeah. health is, is, absolutely an essential part of your overall well-being you know what i mean and every single one of us have had great strides in mental health and we've had really crappy days too um but it takes work you know absolutely and and i think my two takeaways are don't do this alone and there's people out there like you who want to get into this stuff with you and um it, mental health is super duper important um i mean it is the conversation about it is changing the face of the world, right? It's, it's stuff that we were too embarrassed to talk about 20 or 30 years ago that's now starting to finally get in the mainstream, but we just need to push that a bit more. Everybody has mental health that they need to care for and maintain and nourish, and this is a fantastic way to do it with people around you that absolutely love you. So, you know, what more safe space can there be to, to do this kind of stuff? Boom. Joe, Joe, while you're there, and since you've already said yeah. your piece... We're at that time of the show. Final question yeah. that you would add to what you just said is uh, any recommendations for someone just starting? Um, so if you are a Freemason, I would say uh, definitely a big plug to Chuck Dunning's book, um, Contemplative Masonry, because it uses a lot of the symbolism within Masonry uh, to, uh, yep, absolutely. That one right there. Um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a good read, um, and Brother Chuck makes it accessible to everyone. Um, I can't sing his praises enough. Um, so if you're a Mason, definitely a good place to dip your toe. Um, if we're talking about, you know, my preferred method of meditation, which is surrendering, um, you know, centering prayer is definitely the way to go, especially if you have a name or a face to, to, to the divine. I think it, it can pro provide for a better experience, but um, it's not restricted to a certain religion or a denomination or what have you. Uh, the concept itself is, is absolutely worthwhile. So, um, you know, I would say anything by Cynthia Borjo. She, she makes my day when I read her books yep. um, or Chuck Dunning. Well, you took my books. Okay. Uh, Robert. You can say them again. It's okay. Robert, okay. Uh, what, what are your, final thoughts and specifically how would you tell a bro where to start uh, final thoughts um, there is the awesome episode of uh, family matters with the Winslows is that nice. family matters yeah Circle? oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Mister, Mister, or Mister, Carl Winslow. Mr. Winslow comes home. Carl Winslow comes home, and he says he went to the doctor, and his wife says, well, "What do you say about your high blood pressure?" And he says, "I'm just supposed to read this pamphlet, and it says three, two, one, one, two, three. What the heck is bothering me?" <laughs> and it turns out of course he never went to the doctor and he pulled the pamphlet out from underneath a chair or something that was just like holding the chair level but i always thought about that growing up as a point of like that's so funny because 
like that was they like made fun of meditation and for whatever reason i just always remember that but seriously i think uh there's the there's the saying or something that's like uh if you don't have five minutes a day to meditate because you're too busy you need to do it an hour a day Mm -hmm. right and and the thing is is uh, it doesn't have to be super formulated or anything if you can just if you're in an office somewhere find uh go to like you know one of those little common office areas sign up your name for a time and give yourself 30 minutes and go in there and don't do anything just be quiet take your lunch break in there and don't bring your phone nothing just watch the timer and um i i think if you can take some quiet time for yourself and start that way before you dive into anything deep that's great do that um, I think Headspace also, um, if you sign up for it, it's awesome. But they also have a series of a lot of free stuff out there. I think doing those is great. I think there are a couple documentaries on uh, Netflix that talk about Headspace. Um, I also think that uh, the Peloton Network has a lot of great meditations uh, inside their subscription service as well. But guess what? Ross Rayburn YouTube is, is awesome. awesome. Yeah, he oh yeah, he is. Um YouTube also has a ton of great free yep. meditations. And you don't have to worry about ad breaks or anything like that. They're not in there. Um and I think that's really really cool, really special in in today's age. So that's where you can start, you know, beginner's guide to meditation and listen. You don't need to go out and buy the dummies book or buy anything. Mm-hmm. You don't have to spend any money look, this is about you, not somebody trying to make a buck, even though there are a lot of people out there that do do that. Um, And of course, once you get acclimated to the whole thing and you want to like center on something and grab a book or something, that's great. Uh, George R. Adams, past Grandmaster DC. um, He has has a book that's a, it's a great book. Um, It's for the Mason, if you can find it, if you can't get it, um, I guess just look on eBay and different places because I think it's out of print, but he was dabbling. I think he was talking about republishing, but that's a really good one too. If you're, if you're looking for another one, one page meditations, affirmation kind of work based on Masonic tenets and things. And of course, yeah, as Joe pointed out, uh, Chuck's book, contemplative masonry, boom. And the new one uh, for lodge work too. Uh, really great stuff. But again, you don't have to spend a dollar if you don't want to. I agree. Thanks, Robert. Over to Jason. Thank you. What, what advice would you give to someone starting out? All right. So for someone starting out, there's a lot of stuff you can find online. There's a lot of good stuff you can find online, whether it be through YouTube or mindful.org. M-I-N-D-F-U-L.org is a great place to start. Um, you know, <clears throat> everything can work just with a little bit of a simple how-to and um, headspace is a great place they you can download the app for free and they have a set of free meditations available uh, if you're into peloton like uh, I am and some of the other TMR guys are um, they have an entire meditation set of exercises um, with some really great instructors between Ross and Aditi um, so you don't have to look hard um, for an opportunity to start. And it takes work and it takes dedication. It's Think of it as a workout, albeit for your mind instead of your body. And the, the hardest part is developing a practice and sticking with it. And so I would say do a little bit of research. Um, decide what you're interested in, whether it be guided meditation through uh, Headspace or um, guided meditation through Peloton or Mindful.org or maybe uh, surrendering meditation, also known as centering prayer through Cynthia Bourgeau. Um, like there are, there are some... The the barrier to entry for starting a meditation practice is pretty low, uh, and it's it's easily accessible and and there for you. And uh, I will I will say you will 
if you make it a habit, you will get almost instantaneous benefits from it. Excellent. So do it. So do it. Just do it. Which is my recommendation, right? Um, everything these guys said and more. And the short answer is, uh, think of it like a dessert buffet, right? It's all going to taste good. It's just whichever flavors you, you're interested in. Try a little bit of everything, right? Try what you think might might uh, satisfy. But the beauty is you don't have to... Uh, don't have to commit for you know six months try a little bit of this try a little bit of that but make sure that um you find something that works for you find something that's beneficial to you and uh and stick to it so uh, i'm a big fan of timers and apps and same time of day and all that on my my phone so it gives me that that space block off the time on your calendar to go do it and i think you'll you'll enjoy it as much as we have and hope you get something out of it so with that uh, just a quick reminder, no show next week, but we'll be streaming live from North Carolina uh, two weeks uh, from now. So stay tuned to the YouTube page, y'all. Friday night. Y'all. And, y'all. and we'll, we'll make sure the YouTube event is created with plenty of time to give you uh, the availability to work around your schedule for the 400th episode of TMR. And so for that, I want to thank you all very much for watching and keep searching for more light. Have a good night. Wow.